What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, B. Belichick! I've, uh, I'm doing this, uh, even though I'm a big fan of Untuck It, John, I'm doing this podcast shirtless in honor of Adam Levine. I, I, I'm doing Better performance it, uh, by a Jew, Levine or Edelman? Le- oh, yeah, Levine Jew. I, I don't actually know if he's Jewish. I just put the name Levine is... I mean, it was a big, it was a big moment for the tribe for sure. Uh, Edelman feels a little more, can I say Jewy? You know, uh, tribal. Well, I just uh, think you like. I just googled Levine. Like the name is Jewish, but 100%. I don't think, and I don't think you can say Jewy. Uh, the name is Jewish. I'll take, I take that back. Okay, but you're you're an honorary tribal member, so you're allowed yeah. to to explore the space. Um, but yes, I'm more aware of Edelman's uh, Jewish heritage. Absolutely. Just and also Kraft Jewish, correct? Correct. I mean, Kraft owns the Israeli Football League. Yeah, just another championship for uh, for old Kraft. I, you know, just a uh, just a great day. Just I I enjoyed it. I, who, I enjoyed it, and I'm glad. Uh, John, who controls more, the Patriots controlling the NFL or the Jews controlling America's banks? Uh, probably a push. See, we again, we can say that on this. You project. can say that, oh. but LeBron can't. Okay. You know? <laughs> You know, that's, that's fair. <laughs> you know? What do you think I, about I LeBron? When, I love it when Darren Ravel was like, you know, just because everyone on Twitter is not offended doesn't mean that I can't be offended and we can't be offended as Jews. Yes, we are relatively much richer in the population, but that should be taken into account. <laughs> you know? uh, this podcast, speaking of uh, Jewish holidays, is brought to you by Ease, John. Uh, Ease.com. Use the promo code HAM for $20 off your first order. We uh, the the reports came back. Ease jumped on the podcast last week. The reports came back, John. A lot of you guys supported the podcast by going to ease.com. So thank you for taking one for the team and doing that for the pod. Do you, do you know what I would parallel it to? It just because it's not an original member, so it's not like Tom Brady, but it's like in 2010 when the Patriots drafted Gronkowski. It's going to have that big of an impact on our team. Championship member mm. plus fun. Plus, exactly, just what the consumer wants. I yeah. mean, it's just the, it's just it's a it's a championship level acquisition, and it's only in its infancy. 
Ease.com, promo code HAM, $20 off your first uh, when you first sign up. Also, guy, you go over $50, you get uh, free delivery. There you go. And that's not very difficult to do, let me tell you. All right. Uh, how many hours from the, the delivery of your Sherry's Berries did it take for you to finish all six uh, chocolate-covered uh, strawberries? Well, I had four in my belly before, uh, you know, the moment I opened it, literally. I mean, and the, the, the fourth was like, you know, maybe I'll just kind of eat the chocolate around it and then you just bite in. They are. They melt in your mouth, don't they? Uh, so I got home. I was less than 24 hours. It sounds like you were less than 12 hours. Uh, I was the moment I saw the box guy I brought it in. I got home late Saturday night, had one, woke up Saturday morning, had a second, went to the gym, got back from the gym, had a third. Because you're like, it's fruit. That's exactly right. Had and it doesn't couple, feel like that much chocolate. No, it was it's perfect. So Sherry's Berries, go to berries.com, click on the microphone at B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com, use the promo code HAM. What's your favorite flavor? Uh, the one that's chocolatey and then has the little chocolate chips in it. Yeah, it's pretty tough to beat. <laughs> I'd rank that one. I'd rank this one with the swirl on it, two, and the white one with the little hearts, three, although also very good. That was the last one I had, actually. It was delicious. And you got roses, too? Got the roses. They're sitting in front of me or near you, me Are right you supposed now. to put uh, water in the in the vase? Yep, you should put water with the flowers. What, what do you think, about an uh, inch and a half, maybe? Uh, no, I think probably half the vase. vase. Oh, sir, that much? Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Go update that. I, I probably lowballed it a little bit. The flowers are going to last longer than the berries, but just barely. <laughs> yeah. I, I lowballed it like Belichick does to every player that he doesn't end up liking, but he kind of does. And they, a lot of them take the money. So before we get into the game itself, just uh, the stuff that surrounded the game, what, what do you think about Twitter's anger when Adam Levine takes his uh, shirt off? Aspirational abs. What did you think of that performance? Yeah, it didn't bother me. Uh, I'll be honest. I had it on kind of mute and was like watching other shit. I, I'm just doesn't really do it for me, though. I like Adam Levine. Uh, just looking at his body, I, I thought that like he's in good shape. Don't, I'm jealous of the bod. Uh, but I almost said something, but I don't think you're allowed to say that anymore. Okay. Again, you got to be very the culture. You know, actually, let's get into the uh, ads next because I got a thought on that. But his tattoos look pretty stupid. I'll be honest. They look pretty dumb. California? There's just like no rhyme or reason, really. Like he just got tats to get tats. Now, when you're that good looking and skinny, tats don't look that bad. (laughs) You know, if you put that on my body, you'd be like, what are you doing? But I I would imagine, you know, Adam Levine is in that, you know, I think a lot of, you know, like a Tony Gonzalez – you know, just certain you just look at him. You're like, yeah, this guy probably hasn't gone two to three days without getting laid since he was 16. <laughs> you know, so he's I'd put him in that category. Well, somebody told me, like, he's got two, like, great. He's got a great body. He's had two kids like a he didn't have the kids. So I don't no. think that affects his abdominal wall. And B, uh, if he's only got two kids, that's an, that's so impressive on his. Is part. he married? I think I want to say he is, but I'm not. Maybe he's divorced. I'm not positive on that. But Did you I'm know just that saying, Giselle used to date Leo? Uh, I think I knew that. I don't know. I was reading a story. Like, they didn't just date. I mean, they were serious for really? years. Good pair. Yeah. That's a good match. Yeah. Um, if you told me that basically Tom Brady has indirectly had sex with Adam Levine, you know, this through partners, you know, there, there was probably one degree of separation. I mean, right? that that level of finances, it's, yeah. Um, What, what about... Uh, What'd you think of the uh, Jordan Peele uh, movie preview? Did you see the preview for Us? 
Well, I've seen it before. Oh, I hadn't seen it yet. It terrifies me. Yeah, it's it's pretty. I mean, he's kind of in a he's hitting a stride right now. Okay, your Don't thoughts you on the commercial? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll I'll say this though. What was his other movie? It was really Get Out. Good. I feel like the the advertisement or the trailer for Get Out. Like this one feels a little over the top, but he did such a good job with Get Out that I I will see it. Uh, it it looks a little more crazy than Get Out in terms of like this is a little much, but you know I, I think he specifically said like Get Out was not a horror movie, and I think part of the way they marketed that one maybe was a little bit of like you don't know what's coming. Where you're right, like now that we've all been terrified by Get Out, like he wants to. You're saying it was more suspense than horror thriller, yeah. This one kind of looks terrifying. Okay, I, I, I can see but that. I don't know. Anyway, but that was not the uh, headline ad. Obviously, you guys, had, people had seen it. Yeah. What uh, What did you think of the ads? Well, my 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 issue with the ads, just in general, is all these companies clearly like went all in. I think they think because, and this is what happens when you get fifty and sixty year olds checking Twitter mentions, that you got to go all in on PC politically correct. Ever, there wasn't one provocative ad. No, people would be terrified. Now, I personally a believer. I, I think I read today it costs like five point six million, or you know, like two hundred thousand dollars per second, basically, for Super Bowl ads. You could just go viral now. There's not, you know, really. Billy McFarland kind of showed. You, you're better off paying uh, eight or a quarter of the price going influencers and just have them tweet it out. It's more powerful. But I also think this, this, this desire to be so politically correct like did you see the one I, maybe she does play football but like the girl football player it, it was that fake is she a football player in the uh, 100 years of the nfl thing that no ad? uh well maybe what no it wasn't the the uh the ad of them like playing football in the ballroom it was just a separate ad for like kia and oh. she was a football player no uh I didn't but I, recognize but so, that I saw on Twitter ad. someone said she does play NAIA. If it is true, then it's not. I don't. I can't really make fun of the ad. But if they just made it up, everything's about like women and, and being inclusive. And even Budweiser, they went. Like, I, I don't think. I, listen, consumers do care. For example, I know people in the food industry. The things that are crushing it are just ones with calories on the front, like ice cream. You know that ice cream at the front of uh, like when you check out. You usually see it, and they have the calories on the front. I forget what it's called, but it has like 380 calories, and it kind of breaks down the ingredients. Mm. It's like the hottest ice cream going in, in America right now. Like is that it, stuff is really resonating with consumers. Is it the something top? It's called something yeah, top. Yeah, maybe, but I, I just felt like the ads yesterday, clearly these companies all truly feel, and I, and I think social media has a big influence on it, that that shit matters, and I just don't think it does. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I think every just make a funny ad, and if it well, I think most people who gives a shit. Yeah, to me, it's not even that. Like, uh, it's pretty hard in the advertising world for them to even come up with something that offends people. Like at that level of advertising, I don't remember too many Super Bowl ads that were like offensive. I know, and I think they've gone so far the other way that they're just like, "This is stupid." Yeah, it's not even funny. I, I think they're terrified because sometimes when you are funny nowadays. It can just trigger. People. I don't think it's that so much as it is just it's they they found the net like the niches get people on social to, to give you credit as a company. Like I think yeah, what I, I, I think, think that means anything. Really no, well, but here's point. what I, I 
like I really think companies right now, what people think, and this is why I think we see a lot of ads with it's two dudes that invented something. I think what the, and I'm not an advertising expert, but I do think some of what I've read about what, what the consumers are telling companies by what they do is like they, they care about what the company's mission is and that millennials are really invested in, in see my in take com- is that's overrated. Well, okay. I agree with you, but I'm just saying like, I don't think it's companies trying to not get criticized. I think that companies believe that the consumer is really invested in buying things, supporting local, buying things that are organic, uh, buying shoes that they donate a pair of shoes, buying socks where they donate a pair of socks, all that kind of stuff. Well, Budweiser's ad was they had the windmills that you make their beer right. now, not yeah. electricity. Well, if that was the case, I wouldn't have just ordered a, a, a counterfeit phone charger from Amazon. Like, if people gave a shit, Amazon would care that the Samsung car charger I just got from them had a cord that was clearly not from samsung but amazon's doing fine and i don't think that counts as shopping local no 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 you can buy from local companies when you buy from amazon yeah i'm pretty sure it all is just coming from china 99 now your local brick and mortar can have a storefront on amazon great but that's not where that phone charger just came from so i i agree i agree but that, that i don't think it comes from fear i think it comes from that's what they think people want i think the advertisers have followed a lot of the hype Though, I am glad to find out that Bud Light is not brewed with corn syrup. Oh, thanks. Who the hell gives a shit? Who no one cares. Who cares? Corn uh, syrup? I, I also, I'm glad there's no corn syrup in my beer. Let me down this whole pack of Starburst, though. Quick, before we get into the actual game, yeah. Romo. How do you think Romo's Super Bowl uh, performance? Uh, you know what I thought was funny about it was that I thought he was the opposite of nervous early. Like, almost... St- ultra relaxed right just well, didn't treat it like the super bowl which is impressive. pretty loosey-goosey like i i didn't love the oh hey jim nance you just gave goskowski the announcer curse because i think everyone talks about the announcer curse and it's so lame that said he missed the kick which was like okay that is kind of funny so i did have to i kind of took back was my jim sneaky offended like like i you know i said the tongue-in-cheek or was he just kind of goofy i think they're just being goofy i think they're just being goofy I thought, you know, everyone's made so much about Tony predicting plays. A Super Bowl is probably the hardest thing to do it in because it's, I mean, McVeigh couldn't predict what Belichick was going to do. Nobody could. Uh, but what I, th- I thought he was great late, the drive that led to their touchdown where they hit Edelman. I don't remember, was it Edelman again? And then Gronk down the seam. He, before that series, said, there's three plays out of this. It's running back out of the flat, Edelman over the middle, Gronk down the seam or something like that. Yeah, and then he said they just ran the same play three times in a row. I thought I think was, it went. I think it went Gronk Edelman Gronk. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, maybe or might have gone Gronk to the sideline. Gronk. The second one was definitely Edelman over the middle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The last one to get Gronk down to like the one yard line, right? I think Correct. they put it at the one and a half. Yep. yep. Which was a Super Bowl uh, prop, like at the po- half a yard or over, shortest touchdown. That was close. Oh. <laughs> so uh, okay, real quick. Anthem over under Anthem. Uh, Gladys Knight said, "Brave." If you stop it there, it's the under. But then she repeated the the word "brave," and that would hit the over. Do you have an opinion on that? I've read a lot of books. Not sure what my bookie is doing are giving to both. Uh, I I think you just whatever she says. If she repeats words or whatever, that's the anthem. It's not like if she's she's gonna make it. Whoever personalizes it, quote unquote. 
that the time's the time. Like the moment her mouth opens to the moment it ends is the anthem. I don't give totally a shit agree. if she adds 50 words. Absolutely. It's just the deal. And if she said, and the home of the brave, and the home of me, Gladys Knight, that's still the yeah. anthem. Up here in the ATL. <laughs> you know, that's just, Big that's boy! Weird. I'm going to hit that over because I put 50 grand on it. Yep, you know? exactly. <laughs> that would go viral, don't you think? If yeah. they drop that. Yeah. This is for my peeps hitting me over. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then and the league would be like, see, this is why we need the, what do they call it? What's the fee they want to put on? No, the integrity fee. The integrity fee. Gladys! God damn it, Gladys! We have the integrity fee. Um, Musburger always loves saying, like, you know, you can't talk about gambling or you get a call from the league on Monday morning. Like, everyone's scared of that in the league. What? So, uh, beyond that, beyond that, uh, let's get into the game. So, a few different ways we can go here. Let's start with this, John. Basic level, big picture. Did the Super Bowl suck? Uh, no. What? I, I like defense, and I like tackling, and I and I, and I think I, I speak for you here too. I don't love games where both teams are in the 40s, or hell, even the high 30s. I like a highly contested game in the 20s, where I get some scoring in the second half. That was clearly not this, so, I mean, it wasn't. Even for Middlecoff standards, who likes defense probably more than offense in a big game, it probably could have used a little more electricity. Yeah. Uh, but you know, again, I, I'm the wrong guy. I mean, I'm probably you like I'll watch innings on TV of spring training. So I mean, they're getting Middlecoff no matter what. Right. On the Super Bowl. Uh, so. I get why the common fan, like I, I'm watching it and I don't blame them at all for people being just like, whatever, doing other shit. Flipping well, the chain. I get, it. I don't know what else you'd watch, but here's the I, thing. I, I do understand it. I don't want 48, 45. I don't, but I know if that game was happening, I'd be watching it going, man, I am entertained in this game. Right. Yeah. But I didn't think like that's the, like the, like the Monday night game. That was probably the most famous regular season game in recent memory. Right. It's a good one. I, I like it every once in a while. I don't I don't want that every week. I enjoyed it because, and I thought one thing Romo did was he said, he goes, this is the Super Bowl. Like, somebody's going to make a play here that's really going to matter. And we got to remember, like, someone's about to win the Super Bowl today. I was like, that's a good, I'm glad he said that because it didn't feel quite like the Super Bowl. Right? No, it felt like a 10 a.m. CBS game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, that game would never be a 10 a.m. because... I mean, do the Patriots play at 10 a.m. Beside, like, when they play the Dolphins or the Jets? No. But it did feel like this is an early morning game where you just kind of check in and out on. Even if you're a Patriot fan, it'd be your most, you know, of the season, one of the least memorable if it, of the 16-game regular season, right? But a win's a win, and that's just typical Patriot. But like, they, so- they do play a lot of games like that. Yeah, but you know what, too? Like, to me, it'd be one thing if it looked like the Cheez-It Bowl where the two quarterbacks combined for nine interceptions. That was a game of people not making plays. Like, this was a game of people making plays. Just nonstop dudes flying around making plays on defense, which is funny than that an offensive player was the MVP. But, like, I think Stephon Gilmore could have been the MVP of that game, right? How good is that guy? How, how, well, I just, what I don't understand, I mean, I do get it, but the reason why Bill is so good is because consistently in the playoffs, his defensive backs play so well. If you have good defensive back play in the playoffs, it's going to be hard to complete bells. 
Like a lot of people are saying crushing the Rams offensive line. A lot of the sacks and the pressures with Goff did not happen like boom, like Aaron Donald in the backfield. It was like, you know, he'd look, he'd look, he didn't see anything. It felt like a lot. The one Van Noy play where he came fucking beeline to him. There was a couple high tower plays that were just, they were covered sacks. Like I would imagine if you truly did like a, when Bill probably like next week just will grade the film just because he ain't no stone goes unturned. It was a lot of coverage. I didn't think like their their front was just flying around like Reggie White and Aaron Donald and Terrell Suggs or something. They were just the clearly guys were not open. Slash Goff was not comfortable. Well, and that's that's what every coach says about every game is that the the key is to make the quarterback uncomfortable. And they did it to your point. Like it didn't feel like it was just one on one dudes just get just beating dudes up front for the Ram with the Patriots defensive line and the Rams offensive line. It was like this was a for for all that we'll get to McVeigh getting out coach whatever. It was a high level chess match, like incredible. And I I get it. I people it was it was, a, it was elite, but it just felt to me like I was seeing just I just every play I saw I was like that could be this play coming up could be the game like Cooks break you could make the case that whichever McCordy twin brought broke up that pass to the end zone should have been the MVP just on that play it was, was the shittier one that was the one which one's that Jason or Devin uh, Devin's the Patriot great one. for life not great strong but I mean yeah. one of their core they've been around longer than you realize like he's their Draymond Green or whatever on defense I. I, the one thing I wanted from CBS was an all twenty-two on that because I don't. We didn't get to see quite how open he was, Brandon. Well, clearly he wasn't supposed to be there, right? You could tell he was pretty damn open because no one was back there. Yeah. The safety screwed up after Patrick Chung got his arm snapped. Oh. That, that was one right away when he was holding it. You're like, ah, that ain't probably a bruise. That's a snap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that that was incredible. I, I mean, Hightower I thought was everywhere. Van Oy was really good. They were just. Th- there was a moment. When I, I thought Romo in the second half was like, if you notice, they're not going up to the line right away, even though he already has the play because they don't want to give him a look because then Belichick or Flores can call it in. Yeah. So it was like, okay, you're going to do that. We're going to do it too. So they tried to counter it. The problem, you know, I, I think at the end of the day is just Goff's limitations. Like you, you have – zero chance. I don't give a shit if the Patriots don't have a great game and they didn't, though they kind of did because their defense was awesome. If your quarter, he had 50 yards at half, guy. I mean, he just, he, he wasn't going to sniff 200 yards. You do not, like, there was a moment in the second half, I'm like, I tweeted out, this game's fucking over. It was just, there's no way the Rams are going to win. There's just, it's not happening. Jer- Jared Goff, and once they got down a touchdown on that drive, it was like, well, they, once that happened, but they they were putting a drive together that I thought before he threw the pick, I thought they're going to score a touchdown, and that's going to be the only score of the game, only touchdown of the game. And they're going to win the Super Bowl because it, it felt like the they got a little bit of a flow. Yeah, they got a little flow. Uh, well, I guess it was before the interception. Well, even when it was three three, I thought the Patriots were dramatically better, just because there was a period going into the set, like probably five minutes in the second half. The Rams had three first downs, guy. They had three first downs, and they had not, not only had they not been to the 50, they hadn't been close. And then the drive, I think they hit a big play, and they got right to the 50. Yeah. But they could never, I, I still don't understand how Greg DeLeg has a double-breaking kick. It starts I, I out as a fade, and oh. then it hooks back. How is that possible? I've know. never seen that before. Like, I've seen it before. It's happened before, but that's his kick. It's a double-breaker. Every kick. That's his long kick. 
is a fade to a hook. I mean, it's it's impossible. I know. I, I don't know how he does it, but he does it. Uh, it's terrifying if you're a Rams fan or if you're not a Rams fan and you're watching him. Um, but let's let's just get into it then. Was this more after the game? Sean McVay said, "I I got out coached." Jared Goff later said, "You can put it on me." So they're everyone's taking the blame here. the The reality is the answer is it's it's on everybody. I mean, this was a team win and a team loss for the Rams' offense in particular. Big game for Wade that goes kind of forgotten. But um, one one or the other for you. I put more on Goff than I do McVeigh. Like, as the coach, you can only call so many plays when your quarterback has limitations. Now, I I saw Jeff Schwartz tweeted this out. Like, part of a Super Bowl coach or any coach in a bye week situation, when you have extra time, you have to have curveballs. And it just felt they were kind of doing the same old shit. Yeah. But the one thing that makes the Rams unique. Is the guy that makes their offensive go in 2019, and this is not normal, is not the quarterback, it's the running back. And he's, again, nowhere to really be found, whether he's injured. I, clearly, he's not in trouble or anything. Like It's not like they're mad at him. He's just a shell of himself physically, or maybe he doesn't feel right. Like Because he busted a couple of plays. You're like, God, just leave him in there. But that that throws everything off, and I, and I just think it speaks to the, the hoodie's brilliance of mixing it up and the one thing I thought watching Goff yesterday was, I remember Savage wrote in his book, like there was a famous game plan that Saban kind of early in their run, maybe there it was either Mettenberger or Ryan Mallett. One of those, it was like a big SEC game. And Saban noticed on film, I, I think it was Mallett, that one of the stiff, tall quarterbacks, when you got around his feet, it fucked him up. Like when you just got, not hit him, because Goff is not Didn't a Didn't he end up signing Mallett? Yeah, I think, he, I think, did he have both of them, actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Belichick did. Yeah. But Saban noticed that one of, well, he just got around his feet. Because if you hit oh, Goff, sorry. Yeah, I was thinking the, the, the next play, he's fine. But if you just get around his feet, it's it, like last night, you just notice. And I've noticed it like kind of late in the season. It just, he just doesn't, he's not comfortable. But you can hit him and it doesn't phase him. Like in, in the rushes coming at his face, he's good. But his feet, and it felt like they were diving at his feet a lot, and it was throwing him off. Because he was – there was the one play that he incompleted. The ball wasn't even coming out of his hand crisp. Because he – you know how coaches – I mean, you're in these coaches' meetings when you're calling games, and they're like, God, this guy can really spin it. Well, that means when it comes out of his fucking hand, it's spinning perfectly. Like Peyton Manning – I remember back when I first got a job at Fresno State, Doug Nussmeyer used to always say – Peyton Manning does not spin it very well. That's not what he hangs his hat on. It's his accuracy. I wonder. Goff's always been the ball rotated pretty tightly. Yesterday, it was like, God, he's not broke these things in. Well, you know what I wonder, and I I wouldn't have thought this if Romo didn't say what he said on on Tom Brady's interception. I wonder if it was a more of a mental, not mentally like he he's the moment's too big, but just he's not trusting what he's seeing because Tom. I don't know. Did you hear what Romo said on the interception that Brady threw? He goes. The reason that ball came out like that is because Brady realized at the last moment that he shouldn't throw it. And then they show a slow motion replay of Tom throwing it. And Tony was right. When you watch the replay in slow motion, for those of you... You're talking about the interception on the first drive of the game. Yes. Yeah. Which it almost was kind of Tua Tonga Vailoa-ish. They made him think it was something that it wasn't. But Romo goes, the reason... the guy wasn't really open. It was just a, yeah. The reason the ball came out like that is because Tom realized he shouldn't throw it the last second. I was like, God, that's 
from from way up there, that's an interesting observation. First of all, Tony just knows what that's like. But then they show the slow motion replay. Everyone, I would encourage anyone listening to this to go back and watch the slow motion replay of Tom throwing the ball. And you can see his eyes, John. The second it's about to come out of his fingertips, his eyes get big. And like I think he it's knows to- screwed. He yeah. goes, I shouldn't throw this football. And he almost try you know. So maybe that's what was happening with Goff is that he just was getting confused on every play. This is where I'll go back to what you said a moment ago about them shutting off, about them staying in the huddle past 15 seconds and shutting off the communication. Like, there are two different ways to pitch. One way is to pitch to the hitter's weakness, and the other way is to pitch to your strength. And I just don't know if Goff is ready to pitch to the opponent's weakness. Like, you well, he can't, he can't need him at the line, line of guy. scrimmage. You need to be able to talk to him when you're at the line of scrimmage. Like, you need that. Yeah. So, you're not re- are you really helping him? By well, not perfect letting him rule, get out of the huddle. You need him to be able to go to the line of scrimmage and do what's the best play. Right, right, right. So because he's not ready for that, so what if Bill can talk to his defense? You need to talk to your guy as much as Bill needs to talk to his guy, if not more. Well, because Bill doesn't need that, right? right? Hightower and McCourty do not need that. Tom does not need that. Goff does. Goff really does. Because like, Wade didn't need that, right? He was doing – Romo nailed the one where he's like, you see that? They faked the blitz to get Aaron Donald the one-on-one situation. You could just tell Wade was playing chess because he's got a lot of guys. They don't need it, and most good teams don't need it. Like the headset can go off, Walsh versus Parcells, and they can operate. You know, the, the fucking thing can go off with Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and Tom Brady, and they can figure it out. Goff can't. On top, he just has some physical limitations. You could also argue – when Gurley's fucked up, their team is kind of limited. Their slot receiver tore his ACL, who's who's Goff's right-hand guy, Cooper Cup. They don't really have a go-to tight end, so Goff doesn't really get any layup completions. Like, the one thing Edelman gives Brady is just a layup completion. And Gronk, who is as quick as he's been all season, gives him layup completions. Like, the, the Rams are, it's like they, they were, they felt Houston Rockets-ish. The three wasn't falling, but that's all they can do is three. Like, they can just go play action deep. They, they don't no. really have that many other pitches right now. And he was you know? under uh, – I love the old football. He was under duress, it felt like, on every play action. Oh, my – well, there was the one where you were almost like, see, they didn't even bite because the safeties that's are like, right. do not bite. They're not going to run the ball. Well, and that was on short yardage. Anderson. That was on a, a was third, it like third and two. It was like a third and two, and, yeah, they and they played flinch. the deep ball. Well, his thing was like they're they're playing the deep ball, like they're they're expecting the Rams to go play action, throw it down the field. If you are, you know, as we used to say in the radio business, a, a P one, a diehard football guy, that that was high level shit. I don't know? think there's any again, like no, you're right, and that's why I to, for me knows moving people around. For me, it was a little more about McVay than golf. Like I know there were plays, the deep in cut. What could he have done though, guy? That's no, no, my I, thing. I, I don't know. I'm I, but my point is, I know there were plays that golf that Goff didn't hit. But ultimately, I think Bill's the reason the Patriots won. So, I'm not saying anyone I'm not saying anybody could have done any better than McVay. I'm not I mean, Goff is his quarterback. He's got to figure that out. Jared's in his third year. Tom's been to nine freaking Super Bowls. Like it's just even Romo's like it's ridiculous. Who goes to nine Super Bowls as a player? That's insane. So, it's well, it's I, about I, everybody. I googled it this morning. Belichick, that was his 44th. Excuse me. 42nd playoff game, including Super Bowls, as a Patriot head coach. Wow. Obviously, with the Giants. It's his 10th Super Bowl. Uh, 
you know, how many, he won two Super Bowls there and went to playoffs every year. And he went to the playoffs one time with Cleveland. So the experience relative to Goff, who went to one bowl game at Cal, I think that team was seven and five. The other two teams were yeah. shitty. Yeah. Uh, they went to the playoffs for the first time last year and they were one and done. Like, it, it's not even a comparison. No. When you just look at the core of McCourty, Hightower, Edelman, Gronkowski, uh, you know, Brady, McDaniels, Flores has been there forever. Belichick, the whole staff. It's just that that's why you saw like the one guy that was kind of well, Wade. Like Wade gave a Super Bowl level performance, right? Like Wade was yeah. high level shit. They had wrinkles in there. They kind of made the Patriots uncomfortable. It was hard to gain your you're like Wade Phillips, that was high level. And I Googled, do you know what year Wade Phillips came in the NFL? 1976. You know, he's, he's seen it all. He's done it all. Yeah. He, he just won a Super Bowl like three years ago. He was the guy that you're like, okay, that's his equal. You're right. So McVay was, before he got to the Rams, how many playoffs did he ever go to in the, once with the, once with the Redskins? Of, yeah, I was one of the same thing. I, I don't know. Now, here's what I'll say about both of them. Like Jared played a hell of a, my mic going out? Jared was really good the, two weeks ago. Your mic sounds good to me. Okay. Jared was really good against the Saints. I mean, he was good. He had a game-winning drive. He was good in the second half. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like... I yeah, didn't he, like, he, he played high-level football. He doesn't lack, like, inter, in, intestinal fortitude. He couldn't get on the field in the first half, John. He was watching as much as that game you or me. Well, I, I'm watching Jared Goff. Again, my, my question moving forward with him, he aren't, like, toughness, I don't even think about. Like, he's fine. You know, he has that. It's just going to be, can he have different pitches? Can he yeah. expand his game mentally? Which he should. He, like you said, he's a third-year guy. Can he? Can they help him out with different scenarios? You know, his arm's good, not great. The one thing he's going to have to do, guy, is for him to be a great player, he's going to have to be elite accuracy. He's going to have to hang his hat on accuracy. Because it's not going to be, you know... Aaron Rodgers scrambling 70-yard bombs, right? It's not going to be Russell Wilson Houdini moves. It's not going to be – he's going to have to be closer to Tom Brady, just precise, just fucking precision. And that's – he wasn't close to that yesterday. Like, that's what he's going to hang his – he he's really going to be a better version of, like, if he hits, and they're going to pay him eventually, whether it's – probably not this, obviously, maybe next one – you're going to think he's going to be a better version of like Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers type. Like that's more him than even Brady, who just still throws freaking lasers. <laughs> and the, how about his precision, right? On the one, again, football porn, like Gronk fake blocks, and then he just kind of goes out and Brady yeah. lays it up. The right. other one to Gronk to basically end the game down to the one-yard line, just perfectly. You know, you know the great thing about Brady – is you think if he was a pitcher, he throws 95, right? 95 or 96, even at 41, which is incredible. But he has these off-speed pitches that are unhittable. So it's just – and when he's on, he's uh, he's unbeatable because he's his wheel route is perfect. His down-the-seam loop pass between the safety and the dropping linebacker is perfect. And then when he has to throw a seed to Edelman with a guy draped on him, it's perfect. That's, that's why he's the – I mean, you tweeted this last night, like – just because you're caught up into it, I don't think we all six rings, guy. Six yeah. championships. Speaking of uh, high level shit, John, as you as you said, oh, uh, ease, 
Ease is a supporter of the podcast, and you've been a supporter of the podcast and a supporter of Ease, as we found out last week. So we appreciate you guys doing that. If you haven't yet, get in on it. Ease.com, that's E-A-Z-E, is the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Anyone 21 and over can get verified in just minutes. Here's a key, guy. If they're not in your county, they are coming. If you do not partake in, in cannabis and in CBD and edibles, whatever, tell your friends that do. Because whatever county they live in, if they're not already there, they are coming in the very near future. I was told last week they're supposed to be in Contra Costa County by the end of this week. Okay. They're obviously where you live, in L.A., and Sacramento, places they're coming to the Valley. They're coming everywhere. Just go to EAZE.com for regular discounts and price drops, and you get $20 off your delivery first time with the promo code HAM, and the delivery guy is free over $50. So you make a purchase over $50, which is going to be easy to do. Get a free delivery. Ease also partners with a dispensary near you, so it's coming straight to you. You're supporting uh, local business. Football might be over, John, but Ease would be a great way to celebrate NBA All-Star Weekend, the All-Star <laughs> event. Well, guys, I, I think it's a great way to celebrate <laughs> every weekend until we get to the Hall of Fame or game, the weeks. which, you know, probably about seven months how away. About March, I haven't how about March Madness? How about Thursday, Friday, March Madness? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, Guy, how, how about just uh, this week? Yeah, you, you don't know, need a reason. You're just doing whatever. You don't need a reason. Go to ease.com, E-A-Z-E.com. Use our promo code HAM. You get 20 bucks off your first order. And if your order is over $50, delivery's free. I like it. Are the Rams back next year? Uh, I think they're going to be really good. But the, it, here's the thing. like Their core is signed, right? Jared Goff. Cooper Cup's going to be back. Gurley's back. There were some rumors that Whitworth might retire. I think he ends up coming back. Aaron Donald under contract. So they, they have a core of five or six blue chip guys. And I'll, I'll consider Goff. I'm not, I know he's not quite blue chip, but I mean, he's fucking, he was the number one pick in the draft. They're in pretty good shape. Now, one thing they kind of hung their hat on was they were just really talented, right? Oh, Marcus Peters still under contract, but that's a fifth year option. So his contract goes, you know, super high. Joiner, free agent. Sue, free agent. Uh, Mark Davis, special. Uh, Roger Saffold, free agent. So they do have some key core guys that have helped them this year that aren't going to be back. You know, are they going to franchise LaMarcus Joyner again? No. That Littleton guy, I had to yeah. Google him. I mean, I knew he was a starting middle linebacker, but I didn't know that much about him. Undrafted free agent. So what what, what happens when an undrafted free agent had a pretty good playoffs? You got to try to cash in, right, if you're a free agent. Right. You know, eventually... I think the Broncos are somewhat of an example of that, like three or four years ago. Remember, they won the Super Bowl, and it was like, uh, Malik Jackson, Danny Trevathan. They're just, you, you just got to kind of pick and choose. You're like, yeah, we're going to keep Emmanuel Sanders. We want to keep who's this the guy. White, but who's we the let white this guy? guy go. The defensive lineman. Uh, Malik? No. For the Broncos? Yeah. Well, they had, they had Demarcus Ware retired. Malik Jackson went to the Jags. They signed Derek Wolf, and they kept Vaughn. Derek Wolf, thank you. That's what I was thinking of. So they kept him over Malik, but he was a little cheaper. Right. You just and remember Malik got stupid money, and Danny Trevathan got stupid money, and th those guys are good. You know, yeah, yeah. like someone's gonna pay Sue. Like what? Do you, like I, I'm not the biggest Sue guy, but you do see flashes. You know, when he tries, he's unstoppable. Well, it's also when he doesn't have to be. He's not your best player, right? That's that the helps other part too. Of it. That helps too. 
I mean, would you imagine that someone gives Ndamukong Sue a multi-year contract this offseason? How old is there's he? A lot, there's yeah. a lot of money out there. Yeah, He's like 30, like, 31. Yeah, yes, I do think so. You know, like three years, 40 million, all, you know, 30 guaranteed or something. He likes his money. I, well, he's still boy, pretty he's, good. Guy. He's boys with Buffett. Well, there's just there's just not that many good players in the free agent market. You know, so why wouldn't you could argue why wouldn't the Niners pay him? You know, Raiders again. He, he's you're right. You got to he's tough because I think a big reason he excelled this year is he is not. I mean, their best player by far plays right next to him. I would not have much interest in giving him thirty million guaranteed. Well, I, I, I might have just that might number might be really low, guy. Well, I'm just saying, like, would you? Would you, if I told you it cost thirty? If I told you it cost thirty five million dollars, I'm, I'm not to, a I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan. Oh, uh, I'll give you another guy that's free agent. It's okay. uh, Dante Fowler Jr. That was kind of flying oh, around. He played. He played really well. I thought Ndamukong, you Wade kept putting him out of defensive end. Yeah. And on that, if you kind of throw Patterson off on the just because he just even when he touches you, you kind of move. Yeah. You know, <laughs> God, he's strong. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go to the Patriots side of this thing. But I, I don't think the Rams are just going to be like a five-win team. Like, they're going to be good. And their coach is good. And wouldn't you say, if anything, McVay should have some new wrinkles next year? Yeah, I, I think they're going to be good again. They've they got to be the favorite to me to win that division again, obviously. Um, or, or should they be the favorite to win the NFC? I mean, we'd have to do the free agent analysis on a couple of these other teams like New Orleans. But... Um, did you hear? Did you see the Tony Romo? Yeah, I, I, I would probably go closer to coin flip for you know. I, I like Seattle a lot coming this offseason okay. with up and coming players, and they're going to be hungry. Again, I'm with the Vegas, whoever the odds, the Rams are going to be the favorite, but I would like Seattle. Okay. Did you see? By the way, before I get to the Pats, the Tony Romo uh, interview with Sean McVay. It was several hours before the game. Mm-mm. They did a Tony goes to the Super Bowl. It was just like it was just kind of the camera following him around the last few weeks. I think they started to realize like Tony's a big deal. We can make an hour special out of Tony, so they did. Yeah, you got time to kill because the pregame started about eight in the morning. So Sean May- Sean Payton tells the story. The Cowboys are playing. It's like maybe Romo's rookie year, sophomore, second year. Because Romo, his first preseason game, he fumbles and throws a pick on the same play. Did Tony Romo sit down with Sean Payton. Yeah, it was like before they did a Saints game on. on oh, gotcha. And so he tells a story like Romo fumbles and then picks it up and then tries to pitch it and it gets intercepted. And Parcells looks at Peyton and says, like, I've never seen a player turn the ball over twice on the same play. But anyway, they were playing. The Cowboys were playing somewhere. And uh, I think his first start ever, he had five turnovers in a regular season game. Yeah, like his first start of his career. Okay. Well, this was it was a utter disaster. It was his football life. Like it could not have gone worse. So they've got uh, what's the guy's name? Quincy. uh, What was the quarterback? Quincy Carter. Yeah. was the quarterback, and it's freezing cold. And Peyton said that Parcells never really let you know who the backup was. Like, it was Chad Hutchinson and Tony Romo, but you didn't quite know who number two was on the depth chart. I guess it's he freezing. told He told you, like, on game day. Or, like, I don't even think anyone really knew. Like, Peyton made it sound like no one would ever got told. It was just the two of them were both active. So they had three quarterbacks and he, If they were going to bench a guy, he'd let you know which one to put in. Yeah. So it's freezing cold. And they've got those ski masks on that only have holes for the eyes, like black hoodie holes for the eyes. Where were they playing? I don't even know where. And uh, Parcells turns, and Hutchison is like right on Parcells' right. And Parcells just goes, I will never play a quarterback that has to wear that stupid thing on their head. 
and Romo was standing on Parcells left. And as he says it, Romo like reaches up and just pulls his beat because he's wearing the same one. He yanks his off his head and Parcells turns left and sees Romo and Romo doesn't have it on. And Hutchinson is like, he was just wearing one too. And Romo's hair is all crooked. And he says that Romo and Peyton is just dying laughing at Hutchinson. And Parcells doesn't even know what's going on. But so did Romo go in? I, I don't think either one of them ended up going <laughs> in that game. But anyway, uh, all right. How good was this? Because I came away feeling for the Pats. I came away thinking, I, in some ways, from a Parcells standpoint, like last year was a Brady game. Not Parcells, Belichick. I came away more impressed with Belichick this year than than last year when they had that crazy comeback against the Falcons. Like this was one of the, I I started thinking like, is this his, his greatest Super Bowl? Was this Bill's great Super Bowl? Because just just think about guy. The core guys that we already mentioned, they played a role, starting with Brady, but then Edelman, Gronk, McCourty, all his guys, Hightower. M- McCourty and Hightower were late first-round picks. The other guys, I mean, what he's done with Edelman, just incredible. But then just all the offensive line drafted. The trade for Trent Brown kind of saved them because their starting tackle went out in you know the preseason. Yeah. How about Sony? You know, this playoffs. I mean, he's... Oh yeah, they just drafted him in the first round. He's going to be pretty good. They like, got a good weight I think program. They got, their first round. they got a good weight program at Georgia, John. God damn. Yeah, Kyle Van Noy, like all his moves, all the guys are making plays. Just the subtle trades with his draft guys, with his best player, with his coaching staff. Usually when coaches are leaving, it feels like god, is Brian Flores really locked in? Well, shit, yeah, he was. <laughs> you know? God damn. It, it was just it was just a clinic on just finding a way to win. Could the two games have been any more opposite that they just played, starting with the Chiefs and then this one? Like, on the polar ends of the spectrum. Well, what would have happened if the Saints and Chiefs had ended up in the Super Bowl? You know? I mean, it would have... Yeah, I don't know. It wouldn't look like that. Yeah, I, I think the best team, the right team, won the Super Bowl this year in the NFL. Like, they deserved it. They're just better. They came through in every manner possible. Think about their three playoff games. They beat the living shit out of arguably on paper the most talented team in the league. Beat the shit out of them. Like, I, you could argue most talented. They, Chargers lock top three just talent on paper. Yeah. And then the, those guys actually are good on the field. Then they play the Chiefs, absolute clinic by Bell, Bill. And then this game was just, what were you telling me that someone wrote an article, the most impressive part was he played man all season, then all he did was zone. Yeah. Um, it's just their, their DBs. I, I just don't get how they're always in the right spot, guy. I, I, and again, maybe that's just because I watch way too much Niner and Raider football. But they don't look like that. <laughs> but it is Do funny, they? right? They lose Patrick Chung, who's like the the communicator on defense. The guy that he the the one guy he spends all this money on turns out to be his best one of his best players in the Super Bowl. Not shocking. Stephon Gilmore just had a really good year. Arguably, but, his best free agent signing ever. He's had two years, two Pro Bowls, one All-Pro, picking the Super Bowl. Now, he's had some he, good ones, like Welker was a signing. Yeah. Uh, Rodney Harrison was a signing. That was pretty That's good. That's a good one. I mean, but I'm just saying, I, Gilmore's up there. Just yeah. Free agent signings. Got to be. You, don't win the, you probably don't win the Super Bowl without him. All-Pro this year and then dominated that game. Like, look like, I don't know, like Richard Sherman or something in his prime. I mean, he's just, Jesus, this guy's good. How old is he? 27, 28, like he was on looks the older. team with Clowney. His face, he just, you know, he looks. He's a, he's a little older because he was older than Clowney, but he's 
he was like there was a year of like three years in South Carolina where they had the greatest stretch of high school prospects ever. And remember Spurrier got them all Alshon Gilmore Clowney Lattimore. And that usually like Saban or Georgia gets that guy. Yeah. He got them all. And they had the best three year stretch of South Carolina history. You know, that- people forget like he's, he's six to 200 and can fucking run. Like he's a blue chip corner. He was coming out. I think one other thing I was thinking just watching the game was we just have watched so many games. You cannot can you just see things you've seen before. And one thing was teams that seemingly miss the opportunities the Patriots have missed in that for just they were they were going to the red zone, throw the pick or almost to the was that pick in the red zone? No, not quite. But they were moving down down the field a little bit. It was only five plays, but throws the pick. Then they get the field goal opportunity, miss the field goal. It feels they like went thir- they went thirty yards in the blink of an eye, though. You're like, God damn, they're going to drive right down the field. It, they, they had thoroughly outplayed the Rams. They're down three nothing at halftime. You're just like, can you, how many opportunities can you miss before it comes back to bite you in the ass? And usually it does. And they never panicked. Like they were fully confident. It felt like that the Rams just were not going to be able to. They just we we got this thing. And the fact that they didn't panic and st- suddenly start, I don't know. They didn't change. I, 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 it just never felt like they panicked and not just Tom, like that whole team. And that's just, I don't know, man, that's bill. Like that's I mean, last year was the same deal. They didn't panic. They, they adjusted, but they didn't panic or maybe the Falcons kind of did. They just never panicked in a game that it felt like I'd be getting antsy. Like we're out playing this team. Why are we only up three to nothing? Like this is not normal. I, I found myself fist pumping when they were making plays. I like the Patriots. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I get why people don't like them. Uh, if you're a Steeler fan, Chiefs fan, you know one of the good AFC team over the years, a Ravens fan, I, I get, I get it. But if you don't really have that much affiliation, like especially if you're an NFC fan, I, I don't know how you watch them and don't really appreciate them. Like they stand for everything that you wish your team was, you know. And, and Tom's brilliance, like they, they they just play at the highest level. I mean, I I I, I get it, but I also if you are a, if you really like football, you have to appreciate them. And I think most people, the, the the smart guy does. Yeah, I just you know? can't believe what we're seeing. Like we, I was rooting for them once the game got started. Just kind of, and there's a lot. Like I like golf. I wanted him to do well, but I'm just like, we've got a chance to see somebody win a sick Super Bowl, a quarterback. Like well, we've they, got a chance I, because you know what happens now is we're going to be talking. Can they win a seventh? Can they win a seventh? Next well, year. isn't that the talk? I mean, why? Yeah. I mean, how are they not going to be favored? This is guy? insane. What, why wouldn't I want to see that? Because I'm not going to, the odds are I'm not going to see it again. So, I, yeah, I want to see that crazy shit happen. Like, I don't care that it's boring for some people. I don't. I People, like, this is insane. You think it worked out for Hoyer and Trent Brown? It did cross my mind early in that game. Could you imagine, before Patrick Chung got hurt, if Tom were to get hurt in the Super Bowl? It's like, here comes Brian Hoyer. And I just got, in that moment, I had all the hours of conversations we've had in the last several years about, like, this is why you got to protect quarterbacks. It all just came rushing into my brain in about a three-second period. Well, like, what's crazy is happen. they could have won that game because they only would have needed six points to win, right? Does he, throw, does he make that pass? Does he make Brian that Hoyer. pass? Does he go well, Jalen Hurts and make that pass to, to, uh, to Gronk? Does he throw that pass? Well, no, but they were in field goal range. Kukowski's Does he not throw a pick? 
I don't I don't watch the Patriots every regular season game, but I don't have much faith in God Godkowski. I know everyone talks about him it's like funny. he's funny. I feel I, the same I, way. I feel like he's gonna miss every time he kicks. Maybe it's his face. I don't know. Do you feel confident in him when he goes no, back? No, I was shocked. I, I, I feel like, like I've like, seen him miss a lot of kicks. I know. Like I'm watching him thinking this guy has Bill cutting him written all over him. <laughs> you know? Well the one he, he... even I could see Bill thinking, like, God, he barely got that last field goal. I know. Like I I, I like it down the middle, buddy. <laughs> I, I, I do not feel like he's some sacred cow there. No, I, I'm with you because he terrifies me. Yeah, he terrifies me too. Which I may, that might be unfair. Like you said, we might just – I don't watch him all – I mean, I watch him a lot. We watch him a lot though. Like I feel Yeah, like I watch him a lot. I feel, I've seen him miss a lot of kicks because he, he missed a bunch of extra points, remember, last That's year? That's the one that stands out maybe. But, but so right in that sweet spot of like 35 to 40, I don't have that much confidence. And even the kick that he – I mean, basically the game winner. It wasn't the game winner because the game was already over because it was 10-3, but – it solidified it as it was Romo big. was saying. I was like, God, is Romo jumping the gun a little bit? He's like, Super Bowl champs. That's right. 10, I mean, because then you start doing that. He's like, time. you're gonna have to hit a hail mary, get an onside, or kick a field goal, get an onside. Then you'll have one play. Yeah. Well, it just shows you. And this is back to when we crushed on Peyton for the play calling two weeks ago. When you have no timeouts and you have to drive, it's it's so hard. This is not college. The clock. You go two plays. Even if you hit them over the middle, you look up. 50 seconds are gone, right? It's just, you get a 20-yard play, it takes you another 10 seconds to get up there, then it takes you a minute to kind of get everyone lined up. It's hard. So that's where college and the pro don't parallel each other at all because the, the time stopping on first downs is a game changer. Right. Yeah. Speaking of game changers, John, this couldn't be easier. Sherry's Berries, we both housed the gifts that we got from Sherry's Berries this weekend. And whoever you send it to will do the same. Valentine's Day is quickly approaching, and Sherry's Berries is a must-gift. Take care of it right now while you're listening to the podcast. Go to berries.com and send the most delicious gift you possibly could, and it's going to be easy for you. Well, Guy, I I know that I got my milk, dark, and white chocolate goodness delivered. And like we both said, housed them so fast, your head would spin. Uh, Just the, the toppings, the chocolate chips, the hearts, the glitter sprinkles, just incredible. Uh, also the, the roses they sent us that you can also get just for an extra nineteen ninety nine when you use the promo code ham, great gift for mom, wife, girlfriend, sister, y- you name it, just get them for Valentine's day. It's so easy, so cheap. Uh, and, and you know, it, it helps Haberman, you know, buy his third car. It, yeah, but it doesn't feel cheap, John. It feels luxurious when it gets delivered. No, it is. It's super nice. I'm just saying it's not that expensive yeah. on your own wallet. Absolutely. Uh, you can't go wrong with signature dipped Valentine strawberries. We've been talking about Sherry's Berries for years, and they always do deliver to us, which doesn't hurt. Berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. You click on the microphone, you enter the code HAM, and you can get the Sherry's Berries starting at just nineteen ninety nine plus shipping and handling. And like John said, you can add a dozen red roses for just another nineteen ninety nine, and those are shipped with your berries at no extra charge. They come together. Berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S. Microphone click, enter the promo code HAM. Mm. Right now, gut reaction. Does Brady finish with more than six Super Bowl rings? I mean, the... I think your natural reaction is always going to be no, but I've been saying that after four, after five, or six. How, how do you keep? I mean, yes. Yeah, same. They're not. They're not going to win until they lose. Well, because at some point, like we've talked about this, and you said it before uh, last week, and you're right. Like they just play in so many weird games, but in these games where the margins are so thin, 
they win more than they don't, and they win more than the percentages probably say you should. These things just go their way, and it turns out maybe it's because they're smarter and they're better. Yeah, maybe it's because they have had a core special teamer in Matt Slater for like nine years. God, how is he still always the first guy down there? Well, it's like, how is he not left? Because they know what to value. Like, they really value that guy, right? He means a lot to them. I was thinking watching him when he did when he tipped the ball. If you told me one day he gets into the Hall of Fame, to me, just he goes in as a Hall of Fame special teams player. Like Ray Guy went in as a punter. Like why can't you just put him? He was a special teams player, arguably the greatest punt kick coverer ever. Like to me, he's a Hall of Famer. I, I had no problem with. It. He's not going in as a wide receiver. He's going in as a special teams player. The punters were great. I will say I I can't do that because like to me, being the greatest pinch hitter of all time, you're a pinch hitter because you're on the bench. I sorry, I, I got to draw the line there on Matt. But it's Slater different because you don't play in every game. I just don't As think he's one hitter. of the greatest players to ever play the in the NFL. But he's the greatest role player. He's okay. the greatest special team player. Yeah. See, that's you like me. We look down upon special teams. That's right because you if you're an exclusive special teams player because you can't get on the field in the other way. Why? But what you make, if you're the greatest exclusive special teams player ever? Why aren't you playing other things? Because everyone, because a lot of guys play. Because you're a great special team and that's it. Well, that's not good enough. See? I, he'd get my, and that's probably why he won't get in. Because guys <laughs> like you and Mayoko won't vote for him. <laughs> uh, speaking of Mayoko, is he going to be covering Raiders? Is he going to have to switch to the Raiders beat? They're going to be closer to uh, his office than the, his, not his home office, but his, his professional office. Then the Niners, uh, if the Raiders get their way. The Raiders are going to AT&T, John, unless they're not, which they might not be. Was it, was it uh, our buddy Whitey Gleason, is it that he often says not so fast, or is that someone else? Well, they always play the clip of not so fast. <laughs> to to me, like it's that. pretty clear that this is a not so fast. And to me, this is a no-brainer. Jed has te- te- uh, territorial rights of San Francisco. He can veto this. Now, listen, I, I'm any good business should always be open to a deal. Doesn't mean you have to say yes, but if a right, if you should always have a price. So if the league tells you, Jed, listen, I, I know this, you're going to say no, but what if we say you'll get a Super Bowl before Vegas, meaning like 2026, and we'll also give you the draft in the next 10 years? Would that be worth it? I think you could argue no matter what they give him, he should say no. This is his area. He owns Northern California. Say what you want. They, Them not playing in the city has kind of been a huge negative connotation surrounding Jed's franchise. And as someone tweeted at me, and I hadn't really thought this, you let them play there, and it's kind of cool. People be like, God, the Niners, Niners. It brings up a lot of negativity all year long when you just don't need to let it happen. Yeah. And I think there's a PR battle that you can kind of wage like, we're standing up for the people they fucked, you know, kind of, oh, even yeah, though this isn't that. necessarily about that. But I think Jed would get some equity co- credit around here by saying no. Lee Corso and I, also. My educated guess is he says no unless they make some, you know, some backroom deals, which they could. And it'd be hard if they say, I'll give you a Super Bowl in five years. I wouldn't blame them for taking that, right? Uh, though I wouldn't. I, I would say no no matter what, I think. Um Lee Corso is the other guy that says not so fast, but that, that's who I was thinking. Of. Oh, okay. Um, but but the Rise guys always play a cut to a drop. So the last time the Super Bowl was in Atlanta, um, which was in two thousand, 
that year the Super Bowl, everyone had pretty much agreed it was going to be in Tampa. The that the that the a Glazer family was going to get the Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium. The following year. No, that year, the year that it ended up in Atlanta was supposed to be in like the Glazers felt like that was going to be their year. I, I got you. But the Falcons had an owner that was really sick and uh, was not going to make it to the Super Bowl the following year. And so when they voted on the Super Bowl for 2000, they awarded it to Atlanta and the Glazers were very angry. And so Paul Tagliabue agreed to have the vote for the following year right then and there. They usually don't do that, but they agreed, let's we'll just do it right now. We'll give Tampa the next Super Bowl, make everything happen, make everybody happen. How, how do you have this knowledge? This is a good story. Well, I read last or two weeks ago or last week I read like an oral history of the last time the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. Gotcha. Um and that was one of the things. So they can you're right. It's the NFL's in charge of this thing. They can hand out candy whoever they want to hand out candy. And they could they could do that with Jed. That said, they probably going to get another Super Bowl anyway. And I'm with you, man. Like, there is just a whole lot of weird dynamic here that because it'd be one thing if the Niners played in San Francisco, if they just had a stadium at Candlestick, you'd let them do it because you're there. You're protecting your turf every week. Yeah, and you're just charging that's them the, to be in your building. That's the irony here, right, is you'd rather, if you're the Niners, you'd rather them play in your stadium than play at AT&T Park in San Francisco, especially at a time where it's going to be kind of hopping down there because the Warriors are going to open up their new stadium. Um, down the street, like it's just going to be. Well, I saw Kawakami tweeting like de- the Warriors definitely don't want them there. No, that's I mean because sure. they're going to play on some of those nights, so it's kind of the Niners and the Warriors against them. And it's also it's not. It'd be one thing if the Niners had just won had just won the division three out of the last five years, but they're trying to get their shit rolling a little bit here, and they need every benefit they can get. Now, the good news for the Niners is eventually the Raiders will leave and the market will be theirs. But it's at a t- the last thing you want is. But you have the territorial rights for a reason. Right. You know? Right. Well, you don't want to get Jimmy rolling. You're kind of, you're four and one. You get some momentum. But the Raiders are four and one, and they're playing in Oakland, too. I mean, they're playing in San Francisco, and it's just weird. I'm with you. I wouldn't let them do it if I. Are you a little shocked the Giants even entertain this? I mean, I, I, mean, I get money's money, and if they're paying $15 million, it's just such an easy $15 million. I think but for why them, would they like, want to hop in bed with this? Part of it for them might be. We've got the Warriors going to be down the street. Like, if we could get some entertainment value out of our stadium once baseball season's done, you're like, well, Oracle's giving us fifty a year. We've got to get their value worth it. That they've I, got I the little, it. they've got the little thing on the other side of McCovey Cove that's got activities and restaurant, you know, yeah, put golf and all that. So you're just getting people out there. Um, so I get why they would do it, but yeah, man, I I, I don't see the benefit to the forty dollars of if they've get a, a choice, letting it happen. And I just the whole thing is like the one stadium. The one thing about your stadium, it's old and you play on dirt, and the other stadium you're going to find is going to have dirt. Like, that's just – seriously? Well, to, to me, the the one thing about AT&T, Oracle – you can't say Oracle because everyone Sorry, thinks you're talking no, about thanks. the other Oracle. It's Oracle Stadium. <clears throat> is that it's just not a football stadium at all, right? Like, it couldn't be any less football stadium-y. It's it so is open. made for one fucking thing, and that's yeah. baseball only. Now, you can obviously – it's housed – football games before yeah. but I, I and I get why Mark doesn't want to play in Oakland I get it Oakland shouldn't want him back either. it's just over but to me the league should just force him to go to Levi's and and I also think just under no circumstances even if Jed's like what well, fine you don't want to play here that's fine but you are 100% not playing where we fucking own the rights you know, no way yeah you know the other thing about it is like I don't know maybe they would change this but when they play college football games they're both teams are on the same sideline 
right? Yeah, I don't think you'd have, be able to do that, would you? Uh, it'd be insane for an NFL. Like, if you're Gruden, you'd be like, "I'll if, if we're going there, like, that's not happening because that's insane. Can you imagine a shoving match between coaches but or players? I don't even mean that. I just mean you are putting your coach at a disadvantage if he can't get Go half the football field. Yeah. yeah, and you're putting your team at a disadvantage. Like, here's another Sean Payton nugget from the conversation with Romo. Romo asked him, did you know you were going to kick the onside kick to start the second half of the Super Bowl? And he said, well, I knew – we we're going to do it. I told the team we we're going to do it. I didn't know we would do it to start the second half. They go out there to do the kick, and he realized the way they've been practicing it, they were about to kick it to the opposite sideline, to the visiting sideline. They, like they were going to about to try the onside kick towards the visiting sideline, and Peyton had them switch it because he didn't want the referees over in front of that sideline trying to decide who had the football. Like he thought it would be a disadvantage. To have the referees in front of the other bench, just because they're all because they everyone's all be pointing point, the other way. Just, so, like where you are in the field, where your sideline is, matters. even though the irony was, I think it was a perfect one. They never touched it, right? Well, they did. I think they did because it was like a weird spinner. Like it wasn't a hopper. It was like a side spinner that came. Yeah, he, he it almost hooked it back. It like yeah. spun back. But I feel like it might have been touched. But anyway, so That's again, I don't know. Guy. Maybe maybe I'm maybe that wouldn't be an issue if the Raiders are there. But think how you, smart that is, though. It's really smart. You cannot pick a stadium where your team doesn't get full access to a sideline. And again, maybe they would change it, but I have that's going to be a big question of mine. If, if but see, to me, you're already. I know. I'm just saying, if they if they're trying to go to AT and T without knowing that they can have a full sideline, like you're putting your football team at a disadvantage. Well, their football team's already at a disadvantage because they just don't have a home. So, and <laughs> part of this is just pettiness. Slash just business. You're getting sued. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't go back to call CMA either. I don't blame Mark, but to me the AT and T thing, they don't control it because Jed has the rights. He just 100% should say no. It's the double whammy. He gets some credit. Oh, Jed's kind of flexing his muscles, and you get some just good PR. You're kind of standing up for other people slash your own franchise. Also, are there going to be other? Are there going to be other owners in the league like angrily calling Jed like Jed? You need to compromise on this issue. No. Would you, all care. Jed would stand up and say, none of you other motherfuckers would do this either. Well, they don't care. No circumstances. I don't think they care. John, I don't think the other owners care. Well, I do think because the other owners just kind of want this over. Well, for like sure. They just want it over. But I, I, guess I, I think Jed better, can take a stand. Like, no, I, I'm saying no, and I'm not budging. The better way to put it is what you just said. It's so easy for the other owners to identify. We, we can't set the standard where you can just give up your territorial rights because someone else needs it. The other thing is it just wouldn't it, – it, it, this is a unique situation. You know, it just would not exist anywhere else. You wouldn't think. Like, again, it, what if, like, the Jacksonville's leaving Jacksonville and they want to play in, like, you know, close to Tampa? It, it's not that crazy, right? You're just like, we don't want to set precedent. And this is an easy one. No one thinks Jed's on drugs or something. Like, we get it, right? <laughs> we all do the same thing. It's not one of those where it's like, Jed, what are you fighting for here? It's like, yeah, it's the same thing that everyone in this room would fight for. Every single one. Like, I, I saw Sam Farmer tweeted, Mark Davis texted him right after the game and said, we're still the last team that's won a championship in L.A. Like, you know, Mark, let's just let's pipe down, buddy. Your franchise is homeless. Your team is the worst team in the last 15 years. Like, you know, the Rams and you have nothing in common right now. Not not a goddamn thing. Like to me, the Raiders like kind of get kind of cocky about things like th this should never come out until you're given the yes. Because now if you're not allowed and Jed blocks you, you look like idiots, right? Jeez. Now Raj Mathai, you know, a, a reporter, uh, a news guy, broke this. So used this to do, is, used to do sports. Football -y. Used to do sports. Used to do sports, but this felt more like 
you know, he's locked in with the powers that be and certain it just this isn't like the NFL trying to get their message out or something. Right. 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 I would imagine the Raiders did not want this out because, as I was told, they hadn't even really asked for permission yet. And in fairness, they're just trying to get the deal ready if they have to go. Right. But to me, my educated guess is just Jed's going to block this as he should. Like if he doesn't, I, I think he deserves some shit, to be honest with you. Now, if he does it and then they give him some stuff, like, hey, they say, hey, the draft's coming in two years and you'll get a Super Bowl in six. That's very understandable, right? Where's the, where are they going to do the draft? Outside? You just do it in downtown San Francisco. Oh, and he gets to host it? Yeah, it's like the Super Bowl. So the Niners hosting but, it downtown but, San Francisco. But the Super Bowl is you get the game in your stadium. Yeah, but the, the draft just comes to the city. So you just do it at like the you know somewhere down there, like the Super Bowl. All the activities well, What do you are get out there. of that? What? What do you get out of that? You San Francisco hosts the draft. Well, yeah, so, but Jed, but that's not like Jed getting the Super Bowl is different than San Francisco getting the to Jed is different. Yeah, it's, than it's, it's a little different, but it'd still be a really big deal for them. Like the, yeah. the San Francisco hosting the draft, it, he'd get credit for it, right? Yeah, because Nashville got it. Like you're right, it's not like the Titans are hosting the draft, but the draft. Like I your, never once Nashville. thought the Titans are hosting the draft. You know. That's true. So maybe you're saying that that shouldn't even be on the table. I'm just, like that's well, not, I'm not, not no, 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 no. I'm, I'm open to what you're, to, to the possibility that it is beneficial to them. I just well, don't I, think I'm of just the saying, draft. What else is. can they give them, right? Besides the Super Bowl. I, I'm just trying to think of other things that he might ask for. Yeah. That would be something. We want a draft in the Bay Area and the Super Bowl to come back. Right. Obviously, the Super Bowl is by far in its own little world. I could just see them asking, why wouldn't you ask for that? Right? Because again, you just want it in your area. This is his market. Yeah, and maybe you, you get the draft for San Francisco, and that's your way of, hey, I know some of you guys in San Francisco wanted the Raiders. Tell you what, I'll give you guys, you guys, you can't be mad at me. We can keep having a great relationship, so I'm going to give you the draft, and that's going to be, you, you, that's going to do more for your city than, than I don't know if it would, but, you know, Raiders, a lot of You know parking, what I'm saying. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm just yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to. No, I'm being open-minded to your pitch. I like it. I'm just trying to figure out what the Niners would get out of it, but it might be as simple as, hey, we're doing good business. We're helping out our community. Because you would say if you're not getting anything out of it, it makes no sense, zero, for, for him to say yes. Because, like, well, you just do your guy a favor. Yeah, it's one thing to do your guy a favor. Another thing to have him in your backyard where you're going to take a lot of shit Like, for Like, what if they paid you and gave you? Like, I don't, that's not, like, they're not, but there's no me, amount of money. But what amount of money, even if, because they would be paying the Giants, even if you got, like, $5 million, $10 million, I, yeah. to me, that money is not worth it for the Niners. No. I, I'd argue it's not really worth it for the Giants either because they're going to take some shit. But I do get it. But if I'm the if I'm the Niners, the league pays you a huge amount. Like no, that's what I'm saying. There's not there's not like a fee that they could pay you. That even if they're like, we'll give you half of every. Like I, I just think if you're the Niners, fuck you. You're not going in my. This is mine. I, this is ours. Niners get the vig. Niners get the vig. Yeah, yeah, a vig of what? Fifteen thousand people showing up. <laughs> uh, what a shit show. Yeah. Just it never ends. That's why I like talking about the Patriots. It's about football. We got free agencies not that far away. I think the combines at the end of the month, and then free agencies middle of March, and then okay. the draft. I'm I'm ready, John. I'm 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 not. I'm just going to convince myself that we're there isn't a football break. We'll see if that did, works. Did you see week. Kyler Murray's Dan Patrick interview? I did. What do you think? I thought it was weirder than it needed to be. Like to I know me, Dan gets Dan has some fun, but there are times where Dan just asks real questions, and he just all and what he asks for is a real answer, and there's a professional way to handle it, and I. I thought it was like I thought Dan handled it well. Dan handles it the way Dan always handles those things. Dan's a fantastic interviewer, and um, I was not impressed with Kyler Murray. You know who I got a huge red flag on? I mean, a massive red Kyler's, flag on Kyler's dad. 
it's Pops. I got a big fucking red flag on Pops. I don't know that much about him. I, I and I don't have like no one's texted me. He's I just just watch him from afar. And and, and clearly Dan kind of did too. Like, hey Dad, it's not Lee Steinberg back there. It's like, hey Dad, you want to answer your kid? Right. Are, are we doing big boy stuff? Because hey Dad, I think you're getting that check from Gatorade here too. Are you using your kid as a pawn? That's kind of what I thought. Like I well I at first think... my first reaction was Kyler, you, you look like an idiot. And then it's like you know he's 21. It kind of feels like his dad's pawning him off, guy. Yeah, well, I think part of that is, okay, who's helping him prepare for these interviews? Because that's what Dan said, right? He's like, hey, you realize what you're doing here, right? Like, you're going to get like, asked this question. Like, Scott Boris wouldn't do that to a and guy. And there's no, you can answer the question in a totally, like, there are answers you can give that are not, I'm going to the A's or I'm going to the Combine, and that will end the the convert. Dan might ask a follow-up, and then that's the end of it. And that's that. I mean, people have been doing it for years. But to do that was just, can you not handle the situation? Like the situation's pretty tame. It's pretty easy. Well, my, my thing is that you just listen. Are I, you again, not? Pre- all, that was my question. like, are you being prepared by somebody who actually hasn't prepared anybody for this before? That's what it felt like. Well, I'm all for money grabs, and that's what that whole week is, right? With all these guys wearing Scott Gatorade, Boris Pepsi, wouldn't. Whatever. Scott Boris wouldn't have. If Scott Boris was the one prepping him for that interview, that wouldn't have happened. Well, he wouldn't allow him to do it. To me, if you're not going to have answers for any of this shit, which are pretty black and white, you going to spring training or not? You gonna go to the combine or not? It's it's gonna happen or not? Like, what are you holding out for here? Do not. You don't need the Gatorade money. Don't do it. Like he did not need to go to the Super Bowl. He he was gonna gain if he wasn't gonna make a proclamation. Like I'm just gonna go to the combine or I'm gonna go to spring. I'm gonna try to do both. If he was gonna pick a spot and take a quote unquote stand, you know, pick a sport, then I would have got doing the radio row. But he said the same shit everywhere he went. Why even go? Because, again, money is not going to be an issue for you, Kyler. You just won the Heisman. You're going to be able to go to the Super Bowl for a while. Just wait a year. You, you didn't. You just didn't need to be put yourself in that situation for, what, hundred grand or whatever? I, I Again, I, 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 when he's that young, I put a little on his dad for putting him out yeah. there. I heard Jeff Goodman say something interesting because he was talking about Zion Williamson, and he said one thing that Coach K has done a really good job of. He's like, just think about it. How many Zion Williamson interviews have you seen? Like, not many. Like, maybe a post-game interview. I don't know what he sounds like. You haven't seen, like, him do a sit-down. He's like, part of that is, like, last year, halfway through the season, Lon Kruger realized, like, Trey Young is doing too many interviews, and it's starting to affect my team. Like, the other guys on this team are affected by it. He became too big of a rock star. Yeah, and you could make the case, like, all right, Oklahoma, like, you other dudes, like, Trey's carrying you. But... But, but you Goodman's watched point, them. They were fucked up. You're but, like, well, yeah, and Goodman's point was, hey, this is not, like, a one-man bit. Like, R.J. Barrett, like, they got other really... like. Coach K has to consider what does R.J. Barrett think if he thinks he's the better player and Zion's getting all the attention. Now, you could say, well, screw R.J. Barrett. Like, you can't think like that. But just his point was Coach K has got this thing under control. And last year, Lon Kruger felt like it got a little away from them. I you had some good nuggets today, guy. You excelled today. <laughs> that one, the the Romo one, that's, that's, why, that's why we listen, guy. I appreciate some that, good John. nuggets. Every once in a while, I, I bring something to the But table. that is a good point. I haven't... I, I don't even know what he talks about. I hadn't thought about that either until I heard Goodman say it. But you're right. The other two guys are like, we're going to the top ten, too. I mean, you might be better, which have you seen some of his highlights lately? I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. God. He just he like can cross over dribble. Not everything's a dunk. Like he's got sweet little you know, finger roll finishes. Like who wears a tank top better? Zion or uh, Adam Levine? I mean, Zion is pretty was that, Adam Levine is just well put together. I didn't think he was like shredded. You know, Did you think Zion's Again, I, I'd die for the body, but you know who is shredded? 
Mount there, there's a Mount Zion in Jerusalem. Do you think? Uh, do you think Adam? Do you think Zion's Jewish? Why? Well, I, I, will Julian go? Where? To Mount uh, Mount Zion will in Jerusalem. Go? You think it's like homeland? part of going to Disneyland? Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe he brings Brady with him. I would it shock you if Brady converted. <laughs> Brady's open. A <laughs> lot of pictures with Brady and Alex Guerrero on his uh, well, on his Insta. Alex got to Alex got to Tom before uh, uh, Tracy Wolfson did. That was a zoo. That was I've seen war reporting that's been. I was that. a little shocked that Tom didn't start screaming at everyone. Just relax. I know he was pretty calm in it, and I think he obviously knows there are a bunch of mics. He didn't want to swear or anything. He was like pretty under control. Also, he probably was just so occupied with like, I gotta hug that guy. I gotta hug that guy. I gotta hug that guy. I love the play by play. Tom is now hugging Julian Edelman. <laughs> Tracy was a little bulldog. I'll give her that. Yeah. She was. She was. Not, I would have given up. I'm just shocked that it became that scrum that they that that wasn't more under control. Do you think she was gonna give up? No, absolutely not. She what just was, knew it would eventually They were like happen. trying to handle hand like a second mic in there. I don't know what that was about. What is it? But Guerrero, well, Guerrero just couldn't get in there fast enough. What do you think about the Kraft uh, Brady kiss? I didn't see. Wait, when was it? They when they hug, they kissed on the lips. I didn't see it. Yeah, just Google. It. They kiss on the lips. All right, hold you on. didn't see them kiss on the lips. No. You know, I guess you know Brady's a kisser. Kraft's a kisser. If you told me, I told you this before the podcast, if there have been some weird things happening, like off the field, or sexual partners have been involved, and Kraft and Brady have been in the same room, I would believe it. You know, I I just don't think their relationship is is quite normal. Now, again, I I think if you told me that Eddie DeBartolo and Joe Montana had sex in the same room, I'd probably believe that. I mean, I do believe that. I mean, clearly Magic and and Dr. Buss did. This is a this is a unique relationship. Are we was there was there lip contact? I couldn't tell. Uh, yeah, it might have been like pretty close. It's a high lip, angle. Like a side lip. Yeah, might might have been on the cheek. Well, Robert's usually like a double cheeker. He did the pregame double cheek. I remember that. So maybe they just got caught in the middle. I don't know. I've now watched this like thirteen times. And I'm realizing like, all right, that's enough of that. Yeah, that's pretty close. Um, but I can't really tell. I need a second. I need the L twenty two. Uh, well, football's over, guys. So, all right, I don't want to think about it. Enjoy the day. Later. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of thirteen timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save